Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Everybody and welcome into the 113th installment of Linux in the Ham Shack. I am your co-host for the evening, Russ K5TUX, and uh, up there somewhere in Canadaville is Pete V2XPL. Say hello to the people, Pete. Hello to the people, Pete, and good day, eh? Yeah, something like that. That almost sounded like professional. I didn't have my mic muted, and the intro was nice and short, and it almost sounds like we have some clue what we're doing. Not bad yep. after 113 episodes. It was so short that it actually caught me off guard. I was sitting there in the text box like, oh, got to talk soon. Yes, and I just want to make sure that everybody's paying attention and that we're listening to our feedback and doing things the way you want it. So Exactly. Exactly. And... As is customary for the last few episodes since Pete has come on board, I have done no preparation whatsoever for this show, and Pete has done all of it. You did a little bit. Come on, give yourself some credit. No, I'm not even going to give myself a little bit of credit because you've pretty much done it all. Although you're going to ask me a question very first thing out of the gate. And you posted the music, and you did the outline for the Etherpad, so, you know, you contributed. (laughs) Oh, thanks very much. It's a team effort, man. (laughs) I feel like I'm a very small part of my own show. Work with me. Okay. So anyway. Oh, and by the way, this is my uh, 10th episode. It's like, it should be a big thing. We should celebrate. Hooray. 10 fingers clapping. 10 fingers clapping. (laughs) (laughs) For my 10th episode anniversary. Spectacular. There you go. So, okay, there. It's that, pizza. That's all I need. I'm happy. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, yes. I should always should always have that button handy, shouldn't I? Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, anyway, this is episode 113, and the website is broken. So, I just want to, uh, Pete put this down in the etherpad because apparently he was going into the website and noticed that things had changed. Well, it turns out that many months ago, if not years ago, the theme that I was using for our website had undergone a stop in development, but things were going okay. The problems, the only problems I really had with it was every time I tried to install a new plugin, it would screw up the column format. And I finally got sick of dealing with that. So I changed the theme in doing so the columns got fixed, but everything else broke. So I am slowly working through fixing all of that. Basically, all of the content is still there. There's a few things you can't get to right now unless you know what the links are, but I should have everything back up to some state of normalcy in the next day or two, probably long before anyone hears this. So they'll probably wonder what I'm talking about because everything's okay by the time this comes out and everything's already been fixed. Anyway, if you're wondering if, you know, why the website looks a little bit different, that's why, and it's going to continue to look that way going forward. It doesn't look that bad. It's, I mean, it looks, it looks different. It just caught me off guard. At first, I thought I was on the wrong website when I dialed it in, and obviously I wasn't. Everything, most things seem to work. I haven't tried everything, so I shouldn't say that. Most things seem to work quite well. I'm a little taken aback by uh, how small the chat box is, only because 
I have horrible eyes and I can't see in the chat box. I usually stretch to like really big. And uh, that's kind of what, what uh, caught me off guard at first. But uh, aside from that, I haven't seen anything, a few things missing, but most of it is there. So good job so far, Russ. Yeah, the, the problem with the chat box and the Etherpad, two things which normally would be accessed through the website via an iframe, is in order to create a nice wide view of those things, I have to create a page template that doesn't have the sidebars in it, so you can actually stretch out you know, the center content. But doing that requires some actual manual editing inside WordPress, and I haven't got around to doing that yet. It will get done, so you'll you'll have a nice wide chat box again you just won't have it for today that's okay i can wait that's good i'm glad you can wait and i (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a choice yeah and i presume you don't go to the etherpad through the website you just go directly to the normal i do yes i it's true i can go through the website can i i'm always like racking my brains like what was that address again and then i find it not realizing that it'd just be easier to go to the website probably because i'm racking my brain going okay it was this it's getting in there though the URL is a little complicated for getting into the Etherpad. That's why I created a link to it on the website so that those people who are subscribers can get to it. And that is one of the features of being a subscriber. And now that I have to fix the website anyway, I'll be updating that page along with it. Yeah, there you go. At least uh, on the plus side, the uh, nice people who are uh, joining us in the chat room are able to uh, interact, which is a good thing. So uh, thanks for the kind words, by the way. I'm getting some uh, good feedback there in the uh, chat room. I'm keeping an eye on it, despite the fact that it's teeny tiny and I can't see. You get, you, you, I wear glasses. For those of you who don't know, I've worn glasses since I was five. And when I was a kid, they were Coke bottles. So uh gives you an idea of how, how well I see without glasses. So has your vision improved at all or gotten worse or just the glasses are better and they don't have to be as thick or what? The glasses are better now. The technology, the glass, the, the technology. The technology, they, we can rebuild the, them. The, the, yes, they can rebuild them and they have. And they're actually quite thin and, and I looked normal now well if i ever look normal my glasses look normal anyways but uh no when i was a kid uh, my my uh vision has worsened over the years because i'm in the uh, magic ages of between 40 and 50 my uh optometrist tells me that that's when your vision goes down so it was stable for many many years and now every couple of years it goes down like a quarter point and uh she says it's uh, quite normal and will stable uh in my 50s at which point i'll continue to wear glasses well, I've been wearing glasses since I was about five as well, so I know what it's all about. There you go. Separated at birth. Yet another proof. <laughs> um, not that you could tell by looking at us. No, no. Well, you know, it's kind of like the movie Twins. They didn't look like each other. It's not a Thuma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a different movie. That was Kindergarten Cop, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it's still Arnold. Still, still Arnold. All right, so um, you've got a couple of topics in here you apparently want to talk about, but you didn't put links or anything like that. So guess what? It's all you. I know, I know. I just didn't have time because I've actually uh, put a lot of these thoughts down on paper. uh, And I was just putting the... uh, Anyways, let's just get to the topics at hand, uh, shall we? Uh, An article I came across uh, via ZDNet, which is a uh, small uh, website, uh, as I stall to get to my notes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> CDNet's a business technology uh, news website uh, that I uh, occasionally peruse. And uh, there's an article there by uh, Steve Von Nichols, which we've uh, talked about before, one of their tech reviewers, 
columnists or whatever you want to call them, uh, dated September 5th, and it goes, uh, Linux Professional Institute is putting Linux in the classroom. And uh, I thought it was a little bit of an interesting article in that it states that uh, the gentleman went to uh, OSCON recently, which is the uh, open source uh, conference, which a lot of you may know, a lot of you may not. Uh, and uh, apparently everyone, according to uh, this gentleman, everyone, including Microsoft, is looking for people with uh, Linux and open source experience. Uh, and they were claiming that, uh, you know, many, many employers are looking to hire Linux staffers in the next uh, few months. And uh, many of them are having trouble finding qualified individuals. Qualified in, in Linux, of course, because the mainstream, anybody who's going into computers, many people, not everybody, uh, go into, uh, you know, the more popular OS uh, programs, programming. And uh, so very few go into Linux. So uh, this uh, LPI, it's called the Linux Professional Institute, is trying to... Uh, ooh, Sharon's come in with popcorn. The LPI is trying to uh, put Linux uh, in the classroom by offering a program which is going to empower educators and prepare students at uh, various entry-level uh, Linux essential um, uh, certifications. So they want to create a certificate of achievement to help people uh, achieve um, Linux certifications, but it, it's not going to be a, a hardcore Linux certification like you would get with um, uh, the, the Red Hats. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what their higher Linux certification is called, but uh, I guess Lin uh, Russ could probably talk more about this than I could uh, in terms of certifications. But I thought it was a, an interesting little project where they just want to uh, form people enough to give them a working knowledge of what it is and give them. Um, you know, a little bit of a, a heads up on, on the job market, as it were. Okay. So you found me not paying attention. <laughs> well, there was a question in there for you. Oh, good. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no, I, 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 I heard something it. about LPI certification, which I could probably have spoken to eight years ago, but couldn't now. Well, they were this this um, the, the Linux Professional Institute wants to do this this lower end certification, which is much lower than uh, what's called their Red Hat high end or higher end Linux certification, which I'm not familiar with. So, I'm guessing that's equivalent to you know whatever high end Microsoft courses offer in, in their networking. This would be more just of a hands on training for um, you know the basics in, in Linux, I guess people who would be programming smaller apps uh, that the article didn't go into great detail. I just thought it was neat that uh, an, an entity is out there promoting Linux in the classroom and trying to help um, people who are already programmers or who want to become programmers get a little bit of a Linux background, so just to give them a you know a bit of a, a an advantage an edge well, I think it shows that. Linux is a necessary skill for the tech world going forward, and having seen that, then it's it's now being promoted at the classroom level, which it ought to be. Well, if, if they're saying that at OSCON, everybody was looking for people with Linux uh, and open source experience, it doesn't surprise me because um, look at a lot of the, the mobile devices now, how many of them have Linux uh, you know, backbones, which means that you need people to be programming this stuff. And I guess it's like everything else, you know, doctors and nurses, there's not enough programmers now. Well, I don't, I've heard there's not enough doctors and nurses anymore either, so I'm not sure what everybody's doing. Maybe they're all working at Taco Bell. I don't know. Well, they're certainly not working at Taco Bell programming the back-end servers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so... Whenever I go to Taco Bell, they seem to be quite efficient, so <laughs> I imagine their computer people know what they're doing. Well, perhaps so. It's probably outsourced to India. Yeah, maybe. Well, they're, uh, are they 
owned by KFC in the States as well. Totally digressing, but uh, the KFC is the ones who, uh, who offer their products here. Is it the same thing there? As far as I know, it is the same here, yes. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Taco Bell. I like it. I prefer this place called Taco John's, which uh, <laughs> it's kind of in the Midwest, the northern Midwest. Northern Midwest? No, the northern West. Michigan. Carry on. I guess we're going to have a shout-out for Linux, which less than two weeks ago turned 25, uh, 22 years old. 22 years old as of the well, 25th of 25th, August. yeah. I, I didn't actually realize that Linux had a birthday. Like many things that are created that are virtual, you know, somewhat virtual, uh, you can't always pinpoint a date on it. So I just thought that it was a really neat thing that uh, they actually had a birthday for Linux. And it's 22 years old, something I came across. I didn't write the source down. Uh, but uh, happy birthday, Linux. Uh, we should get it a cake and eat it. It can have its cake and eat it too. It's just yeah, that no, good. we can have the cake. <laughs> well, yeah, we, let's do that. So anyhow, um, I can those, on my diet though. I'll, I'll look yeah, at the cake. Got a diet cake. A <laughs> diet cake. Yeah, <laughs> that's called an empty plate. Yeah, there you go. For, the, for those who are interested, uh, on August twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one, a Finn computer scientist, computer science student, sorry, named uh, Linus Torvald, made the following announcement. Uh, at the Usenet group uh, called uh, cump.os.minix. And it read as such, I'm doing a free operating system, just a hobby. Won't be big and professional like GNU for 386 and 486 AT clones. So there you go. Uh, 22 years later, look at how far you've come, Linux. Here's looking at you, kid. Here's looking at you. <laughs> That's right. Wish I had a drink to clang. <laughs> well, I Clink. can clang my drink against my microphone. There we go. Oh, you can hear the ice stream. Right? All right. So, what's this next thing? I'm I'm looking at the website, but it's uh, Radio Talk 2013. It looks like it's a Radio. bunch of Canadians involved. It is Radio Talk 2013 is actually a small event here in Montreal. You know, very few people would have heard about it. It's uh, been around for three years now. Uh, it's actually um, a sh um, a sharing of ideas. It's not a ham fest. It's it's a talk based on sharing of ideas. It's it's an informal conference that's uh, member run. Uh, there's several presentations and displays, and they have uh, various topics. They talk about uh, various uh, uh, presentations. Uh, you know, anything from uh, satellite work, um, uh, century old radio. Expeditions, uh, digital, uh, remote station operation, amateur communication on laser beams. Uh, they have displays from uh, CanWarn, which is the Canadian uh, Weather Warning Service, uh, high, ham radio based, uh, the high uh, altitude uh, balloon people, uh, things like that. So uh, it's a small conference, uh, but the reason I wanted to mention it that this thing happens every fall this year. Uh, let's see, I think it's uh, September 28th, if I recall. Um, uh, for those of you who may be in Montreal on September 28th, uh, you might want to come out. But the reason I'm mentioning it, it's because this used to be um, a ham fest put on by the uh, something called the WIARC, which is the West Island Amateur Radio Service. Uh, West, the, the west part of Montreal is Ham Radio Club, basically. And they had this ham fest going on for years and years and years. And because there's um, a few clubs in and around Montreal, and every... One has a ham fest. Uh, these guys' ham fest was getting uh, less and less people from year to year. So I thought it was quite exciting that they, 
you know, figured it's not working. Let's reinvent ourselves. And they reinvented themselves as uh, uh, this thing called Radio Talk. It's their third year and, and it's getting bigger and better. And I just thought that it was a really, really great um, way to, to just, you know, something's not working. Let's do something that is. And um, it's, it's just been a success. So just wanted to mention it. Uh, shout out to YARC if any of y'all are listening. And uh, for those of you who may have the same challenges in your radio club, well, there's, there's always hope. All right. Well, glad to hear it. I won't be in Montreal anytime soon that I'm aware of, but I would participate if I could. Yeah, I, I actually haven't been yet. <laughs> the West well, Island is way the other end of Montreal from where I am, and I'm kind of lazy that way. I don't want to drive that far. <laughs> I have faith that you'll make it someday. I will, actually. I plan on it. It's just that it, it won't be this year, unfortunately, uh, because that weekend I will not be around. All right. But, uh, yeah, one of these days I will be there to see you guys. Not you guys as in the people listening to me, but you guys as in. <laughs> the royal you guys who are at the, the radio <laughs> talk. Yeah. There you go. Anyhow. All right. So one last uh, humorous note before we go into our first break. Apparently some uh, RF energy interrupted a wedding. Yeah. And this one is actually verified too. Uh, I I, uh, saw this on one of the ham radio websites. I can't remember if it was on QRZ or no amateur radio newsline. I was reading the other day and this one came across and I I couldn't believe it. So I I double checked and uh, yeah, it was actually uh, in one of the UK newspapers. Uh, A funeral in the UK was interrupted by uh, RF uh, broadcast at the funeral of an old, uh, an old, the funeral of a 78-year-old gentleman by the name of uh, Brendan Duffy who was a Dublin-born grandfather of Ford, died last August 8th, so this is quite recent, and was taking place at St. Edward's Church in uh, Windsor uh, in the UK. Uh, while his nephew Joe was reading the eulogy, the eulogy, sorry. The, the eulogy? Uh, What's a eulogy? The eulogy. <laughs> while his nephew Joe was, uh, God, Brendan's, you know, Mr. Duffy is, is rolling over in his grave right now. Anyhow, while his nephew was reading the eulogy, uh, people were told to prepare for a landing. Uh, apparently, uh, the service was disrupted by uh, radio signals uh, coming from a passing plane. The church is uh, directly under the flight path uh, to Heathrow Airport. Uh, so, uh, uh, basically, it seems that the, um, the um, wireless public address system in the church was the same as the frequency used to transmit uh, in in the plane. I, I don't really quite get that because I thought that the intercom system in a plane, the stewardess were telling you to put on your seatbelts and get ready for landing. I thought that was a closed uh, system, but who knows, maybe it's wireless now. I haven't flown in a number of years. So uh, anyhow, uh, one of the uh, local radio personalities who was uh, at the uh, funeral, who knew the gentleman, later told the reporter that everyone at the service was looking up to heaven trying to figure out where the voices were coming from. So anyway, this this one was uh, verified in uh, the uh, dailymail.co.uk, which is our British uh, newspaper, found on uh, amateur radio news line. So yeah, quite uh, humorous indeed. Ah, caught me with my mic muted. Ha ha. <laughs> wow, wow, it does happen. Yeah, it does happen every once in a while. Sometimes I have to cut myself off. <laughs> so, all I right. flushed it for a second. All right, interesting story. And yes, I always thought they were on closed circuits too, you know, a wired sort of system. I don't recall them. You know, I'm pretty sure every time they pick the phone up off the, the bulkhead wall, it's uh, connected to a cord. But uh, I don't know. I haven't flown in a couple of years, so I don't know. Well, maybe it goes through 
I don't know. For I, I have no idea. So yeah. I, I can't see how it would go through the the radio system. I really, I just don't get that part. But unless they're using a wireless mic now, so that the stewardesses can, you know, run around in the aisle and and sing karaoke. I I don't know. Well, half the time the wired one doesn't work very well. So I really hope they haven't switched to wireless yet. <laughs> Indeed. So anyway, well, that's it for the first segment, and uh, we've got some music before we get into our main topics for the night. So we'll let Pete introduce his selection. Circus Underground. I came across them uh, quite by accident. Uh, rock uh, group. I really couldn't find a whole lot of information about them, unfortunately. Uh, but this song is called uh, Save You. It's pretty rocking. I thought it would be a good way to uh, get the show started, uh, get the energy, uh, uh, you know, the, get the blood pumping for the next part of the show. So uh, here we go. Save You by Circus Underground from Jamendo.
That's uh, I actually listened to the end so I didn't get surprised because I'm like, oh no, there's one of those tunes that uh, for sure is going to end with a bang. But it ended with an echo, echo. Oh wait, I can do <laughs> no, that. It, it, it ended with an echo, echo. <laughs> oh, I can I can do that too, but I'll probably mess something up. We're all waiting in anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a different kind of echo. Okay, let's yeah, just let's lose just everyone in the podcast, podcast now by continuing to do this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do that. Let's uh, not. Yeah, let's, let's not, not say we did. All, All right. right. All right. So, everybody like that tune? I love that cool. tune. It was a good rocker, definitely. It is. You definitely picked the up-tempo stuff, which I appreciate. I'm an up-tempo guy, you know? <laughs> you are an up-tempo guy. <laughs> Woo! Party! Well, this Damn. first topic I thought was kind of interesting because when I first saw it, I was thinking that it was an oscilloscope-type uh, software package, but it turns out that somebody has written an analytics package for ham logging, which is an interesting application that I'm not sure that anyone thought of before, but this is, is pretty cool. Yeah, I know. It is pretty cool. Uh, let me get back to my notes here because I'm just all over the place tonight. I'm just, I don't know. I have three screens, four windows. Usually I'm just kind of bouncing back and forth from one to the other. Everything's smooth, no problem. Tonight everything's in the same place and I just I can't find anything. I'm like, where's that? What? Uh, Meanwhile, back, back at the in point. Montreal. <laughs> Welcome. It's now uh, six right. minutes past the hour. Traffic is the same as it was. Traffic is the same now, as it was on the Champlain Bridge. And now word uh, from our sponsor. Qscope is what we're talking about right now. Qscope uh, is indeed an online application. So, uh, uh, you know, Linux uh, users uh, quite often love uh, online applications because they don't have to install anything and it works on every platform. So, there's something to be said for that, except that if your uh, internet connection isn't working, you're pooched. But aside from that, they're really cool. Designed by a gentleman by the name of Yannick Davosi, uh, who presently lives in Vietnam, although judging by his uh, QRZ uh, profile, doesn't look Vietnamese, but who knows. His call sign is uh, XV4Y, Zulu Victor 4 Yankee, and uh, he runs a uh, page called, uh, it's a webcade page called Qscope. You guys can check it out at qscope.org, all in one word, uh, qscope.org. And it's, uh, like Russ was saying, provides an, uh, analytics, uh, statistics, and charts for your amateur radio log. Uh, while it's designed, it was designed originally uh, with the contester in mind, uh, the developer soon realized that uh, the, the statistics that it generated could be useful uh, pretty much for uh, any ham in, in many, many applications. Uh, so what you do is you, uh, I, I actually uh, signed up and, and wanted to try it out. And then when I got, when I went to import my, my uh, logs, I realized I, I didn't have any logs right now, so I, I couldn't try it. So that on me. But anyways, basically you import your ADIF2 uh, or Cabrillo logs, uh, ADIF and Cabrillo, uh, for those people who use uh, logs, know that that's uh, the, the most standard uh, uh, formats uh, for, for logs. And you import them into the QSP. The Qscope database, and then you just basically uh, browse the statistics and charts pages. Um, the application allows for exporting your results in PDF. So if you want to share, uh, you know, your your uh, results on various web links, or you know, show off to your friends, or whatever you want to do with that. So PDF is also quite useful. Uh, permits you to create uh, many different uh, what they call containers. So uh, you can import as many logs as you want, and you can classify, aggregate the data the way you want. It's kind of like a little database. It's uh, actually uh, quite powerful for such a simple uh, application. Uh, so basically, uh, the uh, information that you can get, and there's, there's a long list of them, I won't read them all, but um, number of QSOs, 
operating time. Uh, unique call signs worked. Uh, for those of you who like contesting, uh, DXCC entities, CQ, ITU zones, average minimum and ma maximum QSO rates over periods of 30, 60 minutes, um, activities maps. Uh, uh, let's see, I'm skipping a few. Charts with numbers of QSOs per unique call sign, per band, per mode, per operator. The same thing with points. Uh, charts with numbers of QSOs per CQ and ITU zones. It just, it, it's just never ending. It's just, uh, it's really, really cool. And I'm actually gonna, uh, get one of my logs and, and uh, try this thing out on, on, uh, the weekend because during the week I have trouble, uh, finding time for myself. But uh, that's okay. So, uh, the developer, uh, says that he's providing it free of charge and it will remain free of charge as long as he's able, uh, to provide their required uh, resources. So registration and usage are free. He says give it a try. Uh, he also mentions uh, that if you want to help improve the service and make it permanent, uh, please think about a donation. Any amount is welcome, he mentions. The uh, budget for renting a small, dedicated server in order to run this application for 200 users is estimated at around 500 US dollars per year. So if you can uh, help Yannick out, please do so. Like I said, I signed up. Uh, uh, basically, you just uh, put in your username. He suggests your call sign, which is uh, the most obvious for a ham. I, I use my ham radio call sign as a username everywhere now because I, I never have to be VE2XPL69 because there's no other V2XPLs out there. It's, it's, a, it's a good uh, trick for those of you. Many of you probably already know that. Uh, but anyways, you throw that in and uh, he'll send you a confirmation email. Click on the link and uh, away you go. It's very easy to use, uh, very, very intuitive, and I recommend everyone uh, check it out. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to check it out, uh, Russ. Uh, if you haven't, uh, maybe on the weekend you can uh, have a poke at it too. Well, I'm actually looking at it right now, and there's a couple of things that strike me that could be done better about this website. I hate to be the negative person like I always am, but... Well, no, because he also wants help in, in you know, debugging and uh, improvements. So, uh, you know, constructive criticism, is it's a good thing. Well, I'm not sure how constructive this will be, but the two things that I noticed bash are... Bash away. <laughs> well, I don't want to bash away. He doesn't have a secure server so that everything you do, including the passwords and stuff that you get on the site, are sent in the clear, uh, including uploading your logs and everything. And the fact that this is a hosted site, which means all the processing is done remotely, means that you're giving up all your information. Now, I know most people won't care about giving up their, you know, QSO log data, but you still have to enter a username and password. So if you're going to do that, make sure you pick one that you're not using for something else uh, because it's easily compromised. Damn. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, I think it would behoove him, since he's talking about getting donations for running the server and all that stuff, maybe he should think about simply releasing the code, letting people run it on their own machines, then he wouldn't have to have a dedicated VPS or whatever he's doing for all this processing. And since he's giving away the service for free anyway, maybe he should just, you know, GPL the code, give it out and let people keep it on their own machines. That way they can set up their own certificates if they want. He doesn't have any expense and he could probably get developers to help him update his code. So I, I don't know what his thought process is and why he did it the way he's done it, unless he's just trying to get everyone's log data. <laughs> maybe maybe he's a shill for the NSA. Or the Viet Cong. They're making a comeback. <laughs> well, I'm not as worried about them as I am about our own government, so... Oh, come on. You remember Gangnam Style? 
<laughs> I thought he was from Vietnam, not South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but Yannick's from Vietnam as well. Oh, yes, but yes, okay. Yannick Stalas from Korea. Yes, South Korea, yeah. Apologies. <laughs> That's okay. It wouldn't be the first time people have confused Asian cultures. Now, where is Richard when you want to, uh, you know, make fun of various ethnicities? That's that's what his specialty is. Yeah, well, you know, we'll have him back on one day and he can just let it all out. Anyway, this does look like a cool kind of concept. I I wish I kind of wish for myself, since I'm kind of a security freak when it comes to this thing, this kind of thing, that it was implemented a different way. But uh, the 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 ability to sort of see and analyze your log data is kind of cool. I don't know what people are really interested in other than sort of like award processing, you know, being able to tell how close you are to uh, certain awards and stuff like that. But uh, if you are looking to see like how many times you've contacted South Korea, then this will tell you that and tell you how much time you waste on the air and stuff like that. So. See, I'm, I'm kind of a numbers and statistics freak, so I, I just kind of gravitated to this anyways because I'm, I like numbers and I, for, for no reason I like to see pie charts and see, you know, ratios and I'm, I'm just, I've always been good at math and, and I like it. So I, I had an interest just from that perspective. I'm not a contester. Um, you know, I'm not a DXer. I'm just a very casual HF user. Uh, but I do log. I still log on paper. I, I play it around with various uh, logging software, and, and that's why I kind of thought this was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, to the average ham, it's probably it's kind of neat to check out, but it, it might not be something that they use permanently. Um, and for what you said, I, I think that was very constructive. I think that would be the kind of feedback uh, the gentleman would probably love to get. And uh, you know, if you want to put that uh, in words, I'm sure he'd love to uh, get the feedback. I'm pretty sure I just put it in words, spoken words. Okay, on, on paper. <laughs> Maybe we'll send, them, we'll send them the podcast and we don't have to write anything down. Oh, excellent idea. We should just say, here, listen to our episode. We give you constructive criticism about your project and send him well, a link. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's looking for someone to develop it. and I, I don't know. I don't know the guy. I saw the story today. Maybe I'll contact him. I don't know either. I, I just think he has a cool call sign, XV4Y, X-Ray Victor yeah. 4 Yankee. Absolutely. I see He's very gotta, few X, XV calls. If in, in fact, I'm not sure I've ever seen one. I've seen XE calls from Mexico, but I'm not sure I've ever seen an XV. No, I hadn't seen it either. If you go onto his QRZ page, is a picture of him uh, holding, I assume, is his little boy. He's got a cute little boy there, and uh, seems to be a pleasant young man. So let's encourage him. Yes. Yay. We encourage you. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. All right. So let's talk yeah, about Ted in the text box. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> I was going to say, let's talk some about Ted. We haven't talked about Ted in like an episode. Yeah, indeed. I actually saw this uh, as a uh, post on, on the um, on the LHS website. Uh, it mentions that his, uh, let's see, uh, TWHAM uh, QTH uh, uh, log version, no, not log, TVHAM QTH version 1.3 and TW log version 3.2 are uh, now available for release. Uh, so uh, on his website, you'll find a bunch of applications that are uh, Linux uh, free and open source uh, applications. And uh, he wanted to let us know that he's got some new versions of uh, those. I actually haven't checked any of them out yet. Uh, and you guys have talked about them at length, I know, in, in past episodes. So I'm, I'm going to definitely have to do that. It's just one of those things that you write it down and it gets lost amongst all the other papers. And eventually you find it. <laughs> 
Yeah, and um, there has been a lot of recent development in the programs, and I know some of it was centered around making them 64-bit compatible, so you didn't have to have the 32-bit libraries installed on your 64-bit machine to make them run, which is a great thing. And I'm not sure what other updates were done. Uh, He did send out a couple of notices through the LHS mailing list to let people know that things have been updated. And Mm -hmm. I have not checked out the changelog, if indeed there is a changelog. Ted is in the chat room right now. So as we're talking, if he would like to tell uh, uh, us what to tell all of you, we will relay that information. Yeah, he says thanks uh, right there in the chat room. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with his website, uh, you can find uh, applications for PSK, uh, for logging, for uh, MQTH, which is basically a QRZ somewhat equivalent, uh, much better, of course, TW Clock, uh, TWCW, and uh, PSK31LX. So uh, pretty much every application you'll need uh, for your uh, digital needs. So uh, check him out. I'm definitely going to, and I, I apologize to Ted for not having done so yet. And he promotes us on his webpage, which you so kindly pointed out. Are you absolutely? Did, did you read this thing in italics here? I don't think I'm. You did? Did you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, his uh, website states, and I thought this was kind of a neat little uh, mission statement, uh, if that is uh, what it is. Uh, These are my ham radio-related programs for the Linux operating system. I'm a firm believer in the KISS principle, of course. For those of you who don't know, KISS uh, is the acronym for Keep It Simple, Stupid. And these programs reflect that. They are full-featured, but without a lot of extra bells and whistles, so that makes them smaller, faster, and very stable. So we're just going to call them the $6 million programs. (laughs) hey we talked about rebuilding stuff earlier on the show nice callback well done (laughs) i'm a professional man (laughs) oh crap i just closed something i am clearly not a professional (laughs) and uh there was there was uh, a message that he sent to the mailing list that was queued up and i just released it uh being the good moderator doobie that i am so people should be getting that shortly i was going to do that but i fast realized that i didn't have the administrative access <laughs> that's okay well we need to probably work you into a few more tasks in the well, future actually, um i'm going to uh, make an effort to because uh, i noticed on the uh, website that the good thing about the uh, change in the website which is kind of cool is uh that i've noticed some things that i hadn't noticed before i don't know if it's because the the contrast in color just made them stick out but uh, i noticed that there were some recent uh, comments on uh episode uh, 109 and uh, 110 in uh the uh on the blog so i'm going to go in and try to be a little bit more interactive there and on facebook as well yes and thanks for pointing that out because i noticed as you mentioned it that the recent comments widget is included twice so i should probably remove one of them which I have just done. See, I'm multitasking. Just doing it live. You're just, you're amazing. Are you wearing a cape? I am not wearing a cape. You, if you should be. If you, no, 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 no. If you've ever watched The Incredibles, you should know you never wear a cape. <laughs> <laughs> no capes. Of course. That was silly of me. <laughs> we, we all know what happens when you wear a cape. Yes, that's true. So, you told me you didn't watch cartoons. You lied. <laughs> when did I ever say I didn't watch cartoons? I don't remember ever saying that. In the first episode, I quoted Mag- Madagascar, and you're like, oh, I don't watch cartoons. Oh, I no, don't I don't kids, watch man. stupid cartoons. <laughs> well, Madagascar is awesome. you got to watch it just for the penguins. No, the just first the Madagascar was great. I have the second and third ones, but I have not seen them yet. Oh, well, there you go. It's always good to have uh, movies in your library you haven't seen. 
Yeah. And, uh, there are plenty, which I will get around to someday. Now, Pete, uh, or yeah, Pete, <laughs> no, Ted, Ted is talking about the, some of the changes he made to his programs and they're all sort of Uber geek programmer stuff. I'm not sure I'm going to relay those. He's talking about integers and pointers and stuff like that because he's like a programmer guy and he knows that kind of thing. Where do you see that? Is the, is the text really that small that you can't read? What do you say? <laughs> I don't know. Motif widget. Uh, K5 tux. A int is now shorter than a pointer. So an easy fix. Change some ints to longs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was just somebody talking about their day. <laughs> no, he's talking about changing variable types. So variable types, apparently um, integers are a certain bit length and longs are a longer bit length. He had to make that change. I'm not sure how that really affects anyone who uses the TW various programs, but um, it's a fix and it's been done. Excellent. Thank you, Ted. Yes, like, thank you, Ted. Uh, on Ted's website, there's a little quote that says, uh, there are 10 types of people in this world, those who understand binary and those who don't. Yes, that's one of my favorite quotes of all time. <laughs> I never heard that one. I thought that was quite funny. You have never heard that one before? How can I you? have never heard that because I'm not a programmer. Well, I know. I, I live I, in Canada. I, I don't know. I'm in Quebec. I, I, <laughs> everything's against me, man. Everything. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like anybody who's been around a computer has heard that one before or seen it on a t-shirt or something. Yeah. Not me. Okay. It's one in every crowd, man. I guess, that's right. And you're it. And I'm it. <laughs> yeah. One in every anniversary and everything. One in every four people are crazy. If three of your friends seem sane, then you're it. So there you go. All right. Well, I think we're going to move on to some feedback and the social media roundup and any other miscellaneous that we want to deal with for the third segment. But I am going to introduce our second song, which is not my favorite song, to be quite honest, but it was the best thing that I heard this afternoon while I was fumbling around trying to find something to fill the second slot. So we're going to go with it. It's more of a heavy metal kind of feel, very hard rock into light heavy metal. It's by a band called Sonorant, which I really don't know anything about. They put out a four-track EP. This is the last track on that EP. It's the eponymous track. It's called Engulfed, and uh, we'll play it here for the three and a half seconds, or three and a half seconds. Yeah, that'll probably be, make people happy, but no, it's about three and a half minutes, and uh, I'm going to get Pete's feedback at the end on this one because I'm kind of curious, and I've, I even actually listened to the whole thing myself, so maybe I'll listen to my own feedback. So better pay attention at the end. Make sure it doesn't end quick then. Yeah, that's right. I'll be, I'll be on it. I'll make sure. All right. All right. So here's Sonorant with Engulf.
Well, it wasn't super sudden. No, not too bad. At least it gave you a little bit of a breeze at the end to let you know. Exactly. So anyway, uh, like I said, not one of my favorites, but I mean, it could have been worse, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been worse, yeah. It could have been, I'm not going to pick on any particular style of music. Opera. (laughs) Uh, Some opera is actually really good. Yeah, I've never been a fan. I mean, I'm not uh, against the art itself. It's got merit. It's just not something that I choose to listen to actively. If I'm, you know, walking by an opera house and I hear it, I'm not going to, like, you know, <laughs> bolt, gouge my ears out. <laughs> <but> <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, no, I'm not a fan of uh, speed metal. That was, you know, not as speedy as it could get, but uh, a little speedy. And anytime the uh, drum gets, uh, you know, to sound like a like a machine gun, I lose interest. Ah, uh, okay. Ah, uh, that being said, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't horrible. Like I said, speedier. It was all right, I guess. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't buy it. But since it's free, I'll listen. <laughs> there you go. It's good enough for free, but I wouldn't pay money for it. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, Sonorant. <laughs> well, Sonorant might have some better tracks. I just didn't have a chance to you know listen to them all. So. Yeah, that's all right. I, that's how I come across this. I'm, I always look for something, you know, that relates to whatever happened across other stuff that I really wasn't planning on coming across. So it's 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 neat that way how listening to one band brings you to another and seeing who they like. And I don't know. It's just uh, Gemendo is a great site, people. For those of you who haven't discovered uh, Gemendo dot com, a great source of free music, and uh, you'll discover all kinds of stuff. Indeed, so so uh, we do have some feedback, and uh, we should probably get to it i say as i try and find it <laughs> so, yeah. segway 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 yeah. segway no such thing okay I'm, uh, uh, i don't i'm just not into it tonight it's just uh i had a nap it was, that was my mistake i had a nap before the podcast it wasn't even a nap i just lied down on the couch and uh dozed and i'm just like i'm just out of it right now i just feel like i just can't get my rhythm i can't follow the i, I have people texting me harrison was texting me on skype and in the text box and he's like look at me i'm writing to you and i'm like i'm having trouble concentrating on one let alone like three screens <laughs> anyhow <laughs> okay well one we do have is from uh daryl uh november 6 delta tango oscar and six dto he has become a yearly subscriber to the show Excellent. And uh, so we'd like to say thank you very much, Daryl, for becoming a subscriber to the show. And he left a little bit of feedback over there on the website. He said, hey, Russ and gang, just wanted to help support Linux in the Ham Shack. Thanks for all your work and 6DTO. So thanks, Daryl. Yeah, Yeah, excellent. excellent. That's very cool. And he also sends a PS. He says, how about a Raspberry Pi episode? Which uh, we have talked about the Raspberry Pi on a few episodes in the past. Uh, not specifically about the Pi, but more like what we've been doing with the Raspberry Pi, if anything. But doesn't the Raspberry Pi seem like a bit of old news now? I mean, there are a lot better sort of single board computers out there. And the Raspberry Pi, while it did make a huge splash because of its price point and and all of that has so, sort of been shown up by its technical limitations and some of the other, you know, single board computers that have come out have become a lot more popular in that space than the Pi. So a good opportunity maybe to do um, 
a retrospecticus, not just on the Raspberry Pi, but on the Beagle Bone and some of the other uh, uh, things, you know, compare the, the pluses and minuses, perhaps. Uh, I don't know. It's a good idea for a show. Uh, but yeah, the Raspberry Pi has been, has been talked about by, by a lot of podcasts, uh, by a lot of writers. Uh, and, and yeah, it's a little bit, it is old news, but at the same time, people are still using it. No, they are. And I believe all of those boards have merit. All of those, you know, computers, a small form factor, low power computers have merit. But maybe instead of talking about the Raspberry Pi per se, we should talk about that class of computers instead and some of the better uses for them. That might be and, and do your sort of compare and contrast while we do that. That might be a, a more interesting episode anyway. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I guess we'll put that down on the plate for the next couple of shows. Probably won't be the next one, but maybe the one after that, because we do have something coming up for the next show. Yeah, before I get to that, I uh, have Harrison again in the text box uh, saying that, yeah, I, I made a mistake before when I was talking about radio talk. Uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, this event will be over by then, but uh, it is on the 21st of September. I said it was the 28th. But generally, I was trying to avoid dates because this is a podcast after all, and I don't want to date things. But every September, join us for Radio Talk. Anyhow, yeah, in the next episode of Linux in the Ham Shack, uh, we are uh, fortunate uh, to have and we're blessed uh, to have a special guest, uh, Richard and Brady, uh, who are the hosts of the uh, Low SWR podcast, which uh, many of you are most likely famous, uh, uh, famously uh, f famous, most of you are uh, familiar with. Uh, and also, uh, Richard is the developer of uh, something we talked about in the past called the HamOS, which is a ham radio-based uh, distribution for Linux. So we're very excited to have them uh, on board. Uh, they've uh, been moving uh, from they moved from one town to another recently, so uh, they were their schedule was quite hectic. But in a couple of weeks, everything should be back to normal, and I'm uh, very much looking forward. I've been listening to Low SWR podcast uh, pretty much since the beginning, uh, and uh, you know we we've uh, seen their progress and and uh, adventures in ham radio. We've listened to Brady uh, grow up. You know when he started the podcast. If you guys go to lowswr.com, uh, you'll hear some of the first podcasts. Brady's a little kid, and now he sounds like a teenager and it's kind of neat and uh, anyway I was just looking forward to having those guys as guests and uh, ask them all about their podcasts about their uh, uh, ham radio uh, development and not ham radio sorry their Linux OS developments and uh, some of their uh, ham radio activities because they're also quite active uh, in uh, ham radio and in Linux so uh, perfect uh, guests uh, to have on absolutely and we're definitely looking forward to that I guess there was some uh, concern that it may not happen, but we certainly hope it will. Yeah, there was a caveat uh, because of Richard's work. Um, he uh, may be on call, but uh, he will let us know a few days in advance, so it won't be uh, you know won't be in the middle of an interview and, and his people will go off and he'll have to run. Uh, so we'll know a few days in advance if it's going to happen or not, and if it doesn't, well, uh, we'll uh, you know uh, break out the juggling pins and we'll entertain you some other way. Yes, we will have a show no matter what. And one of these days, I'll actually start releasing the shows we've already recorded so people will actually get to hear them. I was going <laughs> to want to mention that on the air. But yes, I'm actually looking forward to hearing the last two episodes. Uh, as you all know, I love to listen to myself talk. Um, I've got the first one completely edited and ready to upload, and the second one is mostly ready to go. I'm just really, really stinking lazy right now. So, well, you know, that what you could say is that September is a busy time for everyone. Well, that's true. September is a busy time for me, and <laughs> I have not been able to get those completed, but they will be out soon. 
Excellent. Over the most overused term on a podcast, we'll get the award. <laughs> what, more overused than Badger? No, maybe. Well, we haven't called out the the Badger in a while. I'm going to I'm going to be reserved because Harrison is in is Badger. in the chat room. Yeah. All right. Well, we have some feedback from Serge, which I just put in the etherpad and Hopefully Pete wasn't going crazy while I was typing all that in. But anyway, Surge, ON4AA, Oscar November 4 Alpha Alpha, a longtime listener of the show, and we've mentioned him because he's a software developer and, and all that good stuff, has sent us a link. And with it, wrapped around it in a nice little package like a croissant, is uh, some email. And he says, Dear Russ, this apparently didn't go to you, Pete. I'm sorry. That's okay. It says, Dear Russ. <laughs> Here is a show suggestion from a Euro Trash LHS podcast listener about some Euro Trash. Don't worry. I won't get into what we think about you Americans. Hmm. Should we get into what we think about them? Uh, where is ON4AA? Is that, is that Belgium? Actually, I'm going to get a hold of them and we're just going to get together and trash you together. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're not an American either. You're you're not even. I'm not. I'm not American. You're only half human. <laughs> well, that's true. But that would be true no matter where I came from. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, so he gives us a link, and uh, the link is to an article on needsec.com. Of course, the link will be in the show notes, and I haven't had a chance to look through this whole article. But basically, what it says is. Kali Linux, which is a Linux distribution, improves software-defined radio support, which is a very cool thing because software-defined radio support has been a bit lacking in the Linux world. There's, I mean, there's the GNU Radio Project and Soft Rocks and stuff like that, and, you know, the support has been out there, but to hear that there is additional support, this is really cool news. Uh, although not intended as such, Kali Linux might end up being the ideal rolling distro for the SDR radio amateur. The list of supported SDR packages is impressive. Uh, they include Calibrate for RTL SDR, GR Air Modes, uh, RTL SDR Scanner, Pi RTL SDR, GNU Radio, um, Lib Osmo Core, GR Extras, GR Bez, Hack RF. UHD, yada, yada, yada. So are you excited about that? Because I have no idea what any of that is. I'm excited about the ones I know about, things like a new radio and RTL-SDR, because I've always wanted, um, I'm looking forward to eventually getting an RTL-SDR type chip, because that's one of those sort of universal receiver uh, boards that all you do is plug in the software for it, and it becomes an SDR. Can't you, you do can that get, with USB sticks now too? Yeah, that, that it is a USB stick, and you can get those things okay. for like twenty bucks or twenty two dollars or something like that. So I actually, have one of those. Somebody gave me one. I had no idea what to do with it. I think I wanted a Hamfest or something. Well, if it's an RTL twenty eight thirty two U, then that's the chipset you need, and it works with almost all of these SDR packages. So you should try it out. See what happens. Cool. Well, I guess I will. I guess I found a use for it now. See? Yeah, absolutely. Best 7.3 Eurotrash Euro trash Surge ON4AA. So thanks very much for this little uh, bit of insight into the upcoming Kali Linux support for SDR. And uh, like I said, the link to that article will be in the show notes. So anybody who's who wants to check that out, uh, go for it. And thanks, Surge, for uh, being such a longtime faithful listener and uh, giving us that information. It's great. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Serge. That's uh, great indeed. ON4AA. 
Alcoholics it, Anonymous. It's probably not saying Serge, right? It's probably like Serge. Serge. Yeah, well, he's uh, Belgian would be French, so it would probably be Serge. Serge? Serge. Uh, all right. Uh, Ted just put in his whole pedigree there in the chat room from, uh, I don't know where he's from. So is that Kono Dussartplein? Actually, Dussartplein sounds much more German than it does French. Well, As, maybe they're just, you know, on the border with Germany. Yeah, 3,500. Well, I don't know why I'm giving out this information. Never mind that. You can look it up in your, your favorite, you know, QRZ-type program. Oh, and by the way, if you're going to use a QRZ-type application, use hamqth.com. Uh, Absolutely. Yep, awesome, awesome package. Plus, you can get a developer license to it for nothing and write applications using their uh, web, using their RESTful API. Awesome stuff. Oh, no, that was programmer talk again, wasn't it? That's okay. K5 Talks, that. don't try to speak French, Harrison says. Well, excuse me. We all have our specialties. <laughs> you speak Yankee, I'll speak Canadian, eh? <laughs> okay. All right, anyway, enough about that. So what else we got, as he says, switching back to the Etherpad? I think that's it for the feedback, so we should probably do our social media roundup, and then I think we can call this one a canned episode. Absolutely. Uh, I'll say uh, thank you to Daniel F., who gave us a great big like in uh, Linux in the Hamshack podcast on the uh, Facebook page, for those who haven't had a chance. We do have a Facebook presence, and uh, as I said before, I'm going to try to uh, be a little bit more present there as well, uh, since uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting uh, get uh, get the ball rolling, get some more activity going. Uh, so, uh, hello to you, Daniel F. And also on uh, Twitter, we had some activity. We got some new followers: uh, Stephen B. at uh, Regalham and Alan G. at VA4AJG. So, uh, welcome, guys. Thanks a lot for uh, giving us the follows, and uh, we hope you stick around. Yeah, we certainly do. We appreciate all of our new listeners and all of our old listeners, too. You know, unlike the cable and uh, satellite companies who give all of their benefits to the new folks, we actually give all of our benefits to everybody. I don't know if you've dealt with that kind of customer service stuff up there. I don't even know if you watch TV. So <laughs> We have TVs here. Oh, you have TVs. That's good. They're even flat. <laughs> well. <laughs> all right well i think we are done we've been through the feedback we've done our segments we've been through the social media roundup so uh i'm gonna hit the old button and let you kind of walk us through the out all righty like to uh say a special hi to uh, my good friends uh, dave and mike who are joining us in the chat room uh i'm radio friends of mine from new york state so thanks for being there guys uh thanks to all of our monthly yearly subscriber uh, thanks to uh, everybody in the chat room who's joined us tonight. Huge, huge bunch of people in the chat room. So I'm glad to have you all there. A lot of activity. So that made it a lot of fun. Uh, thanks to uh, everybody who's listening live or via podcast. Check out our website, uh, lhspodcast.info. You could reach us at info at lhspodcast.info. And you could leave us a voice, a voice, a voicemail at 1909 LHS show, 1909 547 7469 subscribe to the mailing list uh, I could, uh, the link is on the website apologies Cafe Press and Printfection if you're looking for some merchandise uh, every purchase helps us out a little bit and you can l listen live every other Tuesday at 8pm Central and uh, our recording schedule will be on the website so uh, thanks a lot guys uh, we'll see you next week this is Pete in Montreal the E2XPL uh, saying 7-3
All right. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for wrapping it up really nice with a tidy little bow on there. This is Russ, K5TUX, from between the peaks in the pine forest of north central Arkansas. I'm on all the social media. You know where to find me. I'm uh, J.R. Woodman pretty much everywhere. If you can't find me using that, use K5TUX. The email addresses and everything are on the website. And uh, if you don't know where to find me by now, I'm not sure you're ever going to figure it out. But uh, send us some feedback. Give us a call on the voicemail line. We always love voice feedback. And thanks, as always, to our new and old listeners alike. We wouldn't do the show if it weren't for you. So that's been episode 113 of Linux in the Ham Shack. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you all in a couple of weeks.